Hello, everyone. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast was recorded and is made available to you by Whitley Penn LLP and WP Wealth LLP solely for informational purposes. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and are not intended to be construed as the provision of financial or investment advice by Whitley Penn or WP Wealth. The information discussed in this podcast is accurate as of the day it was recorded, but may then become outdated over time. Please feel free to contact us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the content presented. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the first installment of our newest financial series. Uh, my name is Brandon Russ, and I'm an associate advisor here at Willie Penn and the WP Wealth Group. Our goal for this series is to bring awareness to the importance of financial literacy for young people. I'm joined today by my colleague, Bree Miller, and we're going to cover an overview of what financial literacy is. Bree is a manager in the Wealth Group. Bree, how's it going today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so, Bree, what is financial literacy and why is it important? First, I think this is a, a really great topic to start your series off on. And I know you're looking to kind of build on the components of financial literacy throughout the series. But, you know, financial literacy is so important. So, financial literacy is the education and understanding of different financial topics related to personal finance and money. And it's the ability to use knowledge and skills to manage financial resources effectively. So there's five key components to financial literacy. That's earning, spending, saving and investing, borrowing and protecting. Um, You know, financial literacy is so important because it's pretty much the one thing that will encompass just about every aspect of a person's life. So if you think about from a very young age, you are working to get an education or a skill set um, that's going to get you that first job. And the first job's goal is really to meet your basic needs. And then year after year, you're, you're working to get promoted and get raises to be able to keep up with the lifestyle creep and um, start to accumulate some assets to accomplish short-term and long-term goals. So, you know, short-term being buying a house, buying a car, um, providing for your kid's education, and long-term goal being retirement. So, you know, we're all hoping that one day we can reap the benefits of our hard work and and discipline through retirement. Um, And so, you know, every decision we're making along this journey is with a financial goal in mind. Um, You know, we live in a capitalistic society and money is kind of everything revolves around money. And so you really benefit yourself in knowing as much as you can about uh, financial topics and building that skill set so that you're able to make you know, wise decisions about your money and at least give yourself um, some kind of stability in the future. Uh, if you think about how consumer habits have changed and financial products have changed, that kind of highlights the importance of financial literacy. So if you think back in past generations, kind of the form of exchange was cash. Um, and coupled with that, you were going into stores and making purchases. Whereas now, you know, we work primarily off of credit cards um, and we are also shopping online. 
So, you know, just the ability to make spontaneous transactions without the money now and you can leverage yourself up. And so there's just such an opportunity for accumulating debt, making bad decisions and doing it pretty quickly. So just being able to educate yourself and build that skill set so that you're making knowledgeable decisions as it relates to your finances um, is going to help provide um, for you not to put yourself in a financial issue. I completely agree. Uh, I think financial literacy is one of the most undervalued skills out there. Um, would you would you say uh, most people uh, can be considered financially literate? No. So there's actually a big lack of financial literate people, and it's not just in developing and emerging economies and, and countries. It's it's here in the U.S. as well. You know, U.S., Germany, Korea, some of the world's uh, dominants are all faced with populations that don't have a basic understanding of personal financial concepts. You know, U.S. is number 14 in the world in citizens' financial literacy rate. Only 57% of adults are considered financially literate. That That's crazy. You know, I read somewhere that there's three-fourths of the American population admits to being overly anxious about their financial situation and um, really uncertain about their ability to retire. Uh, and so it's a, it's a really big issue. And I think, you know, being this year of pandemic, it really showed the weakness in um, the world's population as it relates to finances and how they are, um, you know, set up to, to provide for themselves in, in a case where there was rapid unemployment and there continues to be rapid unemployment um, and liquidity issues. You know, finances are among the top three reasons for marital issues, family issues, and I think people are really struggling. And if we could just build this um, this skill of uh, financial literacy and, and the knowledge that comes with that, I think people could really help help themselves. That's a crazy stat. The U.S. being number fourteen. Um, why, why do you think that is? I know we're constantly considered one of the you know richest countries, like in terms of abundance, like ever. Yeah. Uh, and on paper we are, but there's a significant wealth gap and it's really partially due or primarily due to financial illiteracy. Um, over 50% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And that kind of goes back to what I said about the pandemic really showing this weakness in um, Americans' financial situation is, you know, we're, we're, we're in a bad situation and um, it's all due to a lack of education. You know, you might have seen that meme or there's a joke that goes around, you know, I'm you're you're impressed the importance of being able to solve a very complex algebra equation. But we're not taught how to balance a checkbook or write a check or what compounding interest means. Like these are very basic fundamentals to finance and we're just not being taught. It's not in um, our school's curriculum. So it really, it's on you know, an individual to hone that skill for themselves if it's not gonna be taught to us starting at a young age. Um, only six US states require high school students to take a one semester standalone personal finance class. You know, it, that's crazy to me because uh, finances affect everyone. It doesn't matter what profession you're in, you know, what your socioeconomic status is, what stage of life you're in. Like this is a skill set that'll affect you throughout all stages of life um, for everyone. And it needs to be something that's just a basic education tool that we're taught. I totally agree. Um, I actually took a personal finance class my senior year of high school. 
Um, I wound up really liking the material. I had no idea I would going into it. Um, the class wasn't mandatory, but you know, after going through it, I really think it should be. Yeah. I don't know. Did you did you take a personal finance class in high school? No, we we weren't required, but definitely um, this kind of knowledge set was something that was ingrained in me as a kid. I mean, it's you know having a, a family member in the industry. It's 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 something we were constantly talking about, and so I know the importance of learning it at a young age. And I wish that every other you know young person was was taught and, and developed the skill set. I totally agree. So. Um, you know, how would someone determine, you know, if they are financially literate? So FINRA, which is the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, has a six-question quiz, um, and, and they put this out in order to get a broad understanding of where we at, we where we are at as a country as it relates to financial literacy. Um, and, and if you can answer three, and I'll read out the questions, but if you can answer at least three of the five following questions, you are considered financially literate. And I want you to keep in mind when I ask these questions that 43% of American adults are not able to answer yes to, a lot, to at least three of these questions. So the first one is, do you know how to create a personal budget? Do you have an emergency fund that covers at least three months of basic living expenses? Do you have a plan for retirement? If you have debt, do you have a plan to pay it off? And do you know your credit score or how to improve it? You know, being a professional in this field, these seems like very basic questions and, and something that everyone should know and, and be taught. But you know, again, 43% of American adults can't. Um, and, and, that, and that's just a glaring issue. And it goes back to if our schools aren't gonna educate you, it's on yourself and your own uh, to hone your personal financial situation and educate yourself. If you weren't able to answer yes to any of those questions, you're actually in luck. We'll probably cover most, if not all, of the information uh, in upcoming episodes. So Bree, uh, with all that said, what steps could I take today if I wanted to try and improve my financial literacy? So, you know, good question, and it's never too late to start, so I just want to impress the importance of starting young, starting now, wherever you're at. Um, the first the first step I would take is creating a budget, building a budget. You know, it's so important. And, and I also want to say, don't build the budget, set it and forget it. It needs to be something that you're constantly coming back to, um, reviewing, tweaking, and, you know, really being mindful of your budget. So there's a general rule. It's called the 50-30-20 rule. Um, and the way this works is you take your income and you earmark 50% of that for spending. 30% is gonna be set aside for taxes, and then the 20% is gonna be for savings. And with that 20%, I, you know, you've heard it before and, and, I'll, and I'll say it, but you know, pay yourself first. So when that income comes in, auto draft that 20% into a savings, or maybe it's going to your 401k, but that needs to be the first thing you do, and then you can set up the rest of your budget from there. Um, but you know, come back to it and look at it. And there's so many tools, and we'll kind of highlight some of those later in the discussion. But you know, there there's ways to do this and to continue to be mindful of it. So sit down every time you have an income change. So you know, if I know that at the end of the year I'm going to maybe get a promotion or a, a raises or bonus, so at the beginning of next year I need to sit down, reevaluate my budget with the new income. 
reassess where was I spending, you know, a lot of my income last year. Is it all necessary still? You know, in a subscription-based world, I'm sure that there's lots of things that you're paying for that you're not really using that you kind of forgot. It's auto-draft out. You're not really sure, you know, that that's still coming through. So, you know, just going back and looking at that and being mindful of where you're spending money. You know, me and my husband, both in the financial industry, we probably talk about our budget a little too much, but you know we have a dedicated day at the beginning of each year where we sit down and we're all eyes on the budget. It's all we're focusing on, and we kind of you know re reestablish where we want to go next year. And you know to the my next point, which is savings, is you know think about large budgets or large spending you have within the year. Like I know I need to replace maybe an AC next year. I'm going to start saving monthly for that. And so, you know, just sitting down, continuing to not set it and forget it is so important. Um, and we mentioned an emergency fund earlier in the discussion and, and kind of the general rule is three months in savings to, to meet your, your fixed needs. And, and I'll say that's a general rule. So um, assess that based on your individual basis. If you're a two earning family, um, then maybe three months is perfect because you know if one person's out of work, it's unlikely that the other one will be as well. So um, maybe you can you can thin your emergency fund a bit. But if you're a one earning family and, and your your family's needs is met by your one income stream, then maybe you need to earmark six or nine months um, to your emergency fund. So kind of taking that three month general rule and um, building upon that for your individual uh, situation. And then reviewing your pay stubs. You know, we're going to work every day to, to earn a living and and yet the fact that things are so auto-draft, a lot of people aren't even looking at when they're getting paid during each pay period. You know, know what you're earning, know what's going to taxes, know what's going to your health benefits. Are you paying for something you're not even using within your uh, health benefits? So just being mindful of that pay stub. If you see it come in one month, it's different than the, than the rest, then you know, follow up on that and, and just be mindful. And then know the terms of your loans. You know, know the, the term for paying it off. Is it a 30 year, a 15 year? Um, what is the interest rate being assessed on the loan? You know, with my payments, what percentage is going to interest versus principal? Am I ever really going to make a dent in principal if it's all going to interest? And so maybe looking at adjusting those payment structures. Um, and then knowing your other options. So what are my refinance options? What are the costs associated with doing that? Does it make sense to pull in those extra costs? Um, is, is it worth the benefit there? So, you know, really being mindful of, of the kind of debt and financial products that you're that you're signing up for and investing in is so important. Uh, one thing I do want to add back to, you know, building your budget in an emergency fund is uh, being con more conservative than you need to be is always uh, a key thing. Um, it's better to, you know, be more conservative than to be a little uh, looser on it and potentially overshoot your goals. Right, right. That's that's very true. You know, so those are some places you can start. But, you know, if there's any parents listening, um, you know, we talked about the lack of education in the school system for this. So it's really on you to educate your kids. You know, April is the financial literacy month. Um, there's tons of organizations and um, educational tools and games and books that, that you can give your kids to help develop this skill because the younger you start, um, the better experience they're going to be able to create for themselves, a financial experience.
Yes, parents, this is huge. And we really want to stress that the earlier is the better. Um, I've actually been in a meeting with clients and uh, they told us a story of how their when their children do chores, um, they receive an allowance and the allowance is actually taxed by their parents. So kind of, you know, quirky, but I mean, if they're not learning it at school, then, you know, you have to learn it at home. So um, these kids aren't even in kindergarten yet, but you know, I guess start them early, right? Wow, that's a really good example. It's a great, I'm sure the kids don't enjoy that that much, but one day they'll appreciate it for sure. I, I wonder if they uh, have to file a tax return at the end of the year <laughs> yeah. with their parents. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I wonder if TurboTax has the ability to do that for them. <laughs> All right. So, Bree, um, are there any you know financial literacy resources or tools or anything like that that you know you can recommend or you yourself have found helpful uh, over the years? Oh my gosh, there's so many. So, you know, as it relates to budgeting, there's great platforms out there for building your budget. Um, Mint. I personally use YNAB, which stands for You Need a Budget. Um, it allows you to, and Mint does as well, so you, it allows you to um, link in all of your bank accounts, your credit cards, your debit cards, pull in live transaction data, and then you can take those transactions and kind of segregate them to certain spending um, buckets. And then at the end of each month, you can kind of look and see, you know, what percentage of my, of my spending was going towards food or entertainment. So it just allows you to get a big picture of, you know, where your, your, your spending habits are at and, and create goals within those platforms. And, um, but again, don't set it and forget it. This needs to be a tool that you're tracking monthly, if not more. Um, so that it's really used effectively. Um, you can compare month to month with Mint and YNAB, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can compare month to month, and um, if you do overspend, you have to reallocate your budget into other buckets, and so it kind of makes you. Um, it's it's almost like it's scolding you a bit, which sometimes we need. Um, and you have to be very aware of, you know, your overspending. And so it's, it's a great tool. I, I really like it. Um, for your credit score, credit karma. So knowing where your credit score is, what kind of transactions affect your credit score, what's a good transaction in the eyes of your credit score versus a bad. So credit karma is great. Um, investing. So there are lots of low fee um, platforms for the average investor these days. Um, I want to caution, you know, do your due diligence before you make an investment decision. Be a knowledgeable investor. Um, it's so important, but there are tons of options for the retail investor now. Um, books. So some one some books that I've enjoyed and, and we're often, you know, referring out to people are Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Millionaire Next Door, which funny enough was assigned a summer reading in my house when we were all in high school. I had to read it in yeah. college as well. Yeah, and it was a dinnertime discussion. So I <laughs> really like that one. It's in great terms for all ages. But uh, yeah, Millionaire Next Door and then um, Psychology of Money is a great one as well. Some websites for good general information, which I find myself frequently um, visiting almost every day, is Bankrate, Investopedia, and Student Loan Hero. They lay everything out in very basic terms, really easy to understand, quick and to the point, so they're a great reference point um, if you come across a term or a, um, a topic that you're not, you want to educate yourself on. 
And then podcasts are huge. I you know, want to encourage you to come back and listen to the rest of this series where uh, Brandon's going to continue to develop some of these topics um, within financial literacy. Um, but you know, some other great ones are Planet Money, The Money Guy Show, and Bigger Pockets. I, I don't really know how I feel about you plugging other podcasts on here, but uh, maybe we'll bleep those out later. Um, podcasters supporting other podcasters. It's very important. All right, Bree. Um, we're just about out of time. Um, do you have any closing thoughts to wrap this up, though? Uh, you know, I just want to re-stress the importance of starting now, starting early. You know, developing this skill set that's necessary to make wise financial decisions and manage your money effectively. You know, becoming financial literate, financially literate is, you know, not easy, but once it's mastered, it can really ease life's burdens tremendously. Well said. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe to the Whitley Penn Talks podcast channel, uh, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, also visit our website at www.wpwealth.com and give us a follow on LinkedIn as well. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you.